0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is happening, fight fans? What is up, everybody? It is your boy. It is your brother in arms, Ike, the motherfucking man, Feldman. What's going on, everybody? Follow me. Obviously, if you're tuning in, you already know where to catch me on Twitter at Ike Feldman. But if you want to know more about the Ike Experience, at Iktagon, everything, IkeTagon everything. I K E T A G O N. Or, if you have the balls, and you want to call, so you can be heard by all, six four six. But only if you have the balls or the ovaries. Or the ovaries. I want to know your thoughts, your review, what stands out the most to you from this past weekend's pay-per-view event, the last pay-per-view event of 2022. What another amazing year it was for the UFC and mixed martial arts. What stood out? to you, the most, from UFC 282? Was it the judging with the main event between Jan Blahovich and Magomed Ankalaev? The draw, the very, very, very rare draw. There should be a lot more draws, but there isn't because there's a peck and order, there's rankings, and... The train always has to keep moving. Titles have to move. We'll get into title talk regarding the UFC 282 main event in just a second. Was it the judging with the co-main event? Patty Pimlet versus Jared Gordon. Who won the first two rounds? Who won the last round? What the hell kind of criteria should we go by? Apparently, the same judge that gave Danny Sabatello at Bellator 289 on Friday a 50-45 also gave Patty Pimlet the win against Jared Gordon. What the hell are we watching? What the hell are we tuning in to see? Is what these judges are probably saying. I don't want to hear that they're taking courses. I want to hear that they're actually taking classes. On the mats. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Wrestling. Boxing. Kickboxing. Like your boy. And your brother in arms. Ike Feldman. I am in the car. On my way to boxing. It is their career. It is their career to judge fights. You would think they would flip over every single stone until they figure out the sport inside and out. Now, I respect the referees. Joey Beltran, Mark Goddard, Herb Dean, Mergliada, Herzog. Chris Taglioni, we're still trying to figure out how to say his last name. I respect them all because they're also martial artists. They also train to stay in the know. Oh, stay sharp. Mario Yamasaki, say what you want and everybody. He actually got a plug with Israel Adesanya following the UFC 281 fight. Mario Yamasaki is a dojo owner. And he's considered one of the worst referees. And he owns a dojo. Own a boxing gym, a taekwondo school. Why can't they take martial art classes? I'm not lumping every single judge into this. But I guarantee you, not all of them have taken martial art classes. Adelaide Bird, yes, the Bird family is being brought up again. Adelaide Bird for sure has never taken a martial arts class. Please let me know if she has. Like I said, I'm on my way to a boxing class. That is why I appreciate you guys for tuning into the Twitter space. I will post this as a podcast in the very near future tonight. But my schedule is changing, always changing, revolving door. So roll with the punches. I will be live in my home base, my home studio this week, no doubt. Sound, video, quality will be top notch. Once again, graphics, everything will be spectacular again. So roll with me, roll with me. And that's also what I would say to the judges. If I saw them roll with me, come on, let's do a roll. That's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu term for once you do the fundamentals and learn the day's lesson or the class lesson. Then you roll in class. I have to do a deep dive on these judges now. At least the judges that are doing the big events. The main events. The pay-per-views. The funniest part about Lahovic versus Ankulayev was the fact that Daniel Cormier and Joe Rogan were swung so far to one direction. They're like, blahovic is doing the damage. Look at the kicks. Look at the counters. Look at the damage in calf. I don't know how Ankalaya is going to continue. And then swung completely the other direction. Oh man, ankalaev has got this fight in the bag. He's controlling it. blahovic is absolutely helpless off his back. That to me sounds like a draw. Why is everybody so perplexed at this this judge's decision? I think that actually made sense. I think that actually made sense. Some guy was chopped down, wobbled on the feet, very unstable. He was walking on. Was Ankolaev. And then in the reverse, a fish out of water. A man trapped under multiple spackle buckets, potato bags, absolutely helpless was Blahovich. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The complete polar opposites was the beginning of the fight and the end of the fight. Now, like I said, I'm okay with that draw. I'm okay with that. They were filling in. I'm sure they got main event money. But Dana White was very, very, very displeased with the performance he either wanted Blahovitch to shut the door, absolutely chop the tree and say, Timber, where's that Polish power? Or he wanted Anka to submit Blachowicz or pound him out with the TKO once the fight hit the floor in the later rounds. We got neither. But what we did get was classic angry Dana White. And Dana White, you're looking good, brother. You're looking like you're slimming down, trimming down around the holidays, which is even more impressive. But Dana White, in the post-fight press conference, broke some news. He will always, always say it's like a 99.9% chance in every press conference that I don't make fights the night of the fights, meaning he doesn't make future matchups after a ton of fights have just unfolded. But I said 99.9% because this past Saturday night he did make a fight. According to CBS Sports, Dana White switched from Ankalayev Blahovich. Potentially getting a redo at that vacant UFC light heavyweight title. <laughs> Looking forward to UFC 283 January 21st. No, what? First Glover to Sharer. Whoa. Wow. So we went from confusion, anger, frustration, a little bit of a letdown in the main event, to now some juice in the light heavyweight division. Glover Teixeira will have a chance in his home country to Re-become Glover for many reasons. Big fight for Jamal Hill, who was supposed to be fighting Anthony Smith. I like that fight. That makes sense in the rankings. Anthony Smith is the odd man out. But he was getting a paycheck. He was on the broadcast desk. I'm sure everything is fine in the Smith family, and the household. But Glover freaking Teixeira. Went into UFC 282 fight week as the bad boy of the ball and leaves it as the the winner of the ball. I don't know. He drew the lucky lottery ball. And that's good for him. Because the UFC wanted to do, once year Prohaska fell out, Of the main event fight. And the first fight was fight of the year. Between Glover and Yuri. UFC 275 Singapore. Absolute chaos. Amazing. Literally amazing fight. I could not look forward anymore. To what UFC 282 could have been. So anyway. Yuri wrestles. He hurts himself. Pulls out. Doctor says it's the worst shoulder injury. He has ever seen. Yuri's got to sit on the sidelines. But. Glover Teixeira is still there. He's still supposed to be in the main event. Who can we do against Glover? Well, Magomed Ankalaev has won nine straight, I believe that's correct, in the light heavyweight division. This guy is a Dagestani destroyer, very methodical on the feet, good cardio, strong upper body wrestling, also known as Greco, which the, the judges would have no idea about. I love that matchup. Glover Teixeira did not love that matchup. He felt that it was a not it was not enough time. This is according to MMAfighting.com. That Glover said there was not enough time for him to prepare for the style of the style of Uncle Live. Okay. UFC not happy with that. They slide Yan versus Unk Alive as the new main event, and that's what you get. But fast forward 24 hours. And Glover Teixeira is now fighting for a title again. In his home country, so he made out. He made out. He gets to enjoy Christmas a little. He does have he does have to fight three weeks after Christmas, but at least he can he can enjoy it a little. Tremendous fight. I like Glover in that to become a two-time light heavyweight champion. Now. Patty. The baddie. Pimlet. What are we going to do with this guy? I understand that he's another arrogant Confident fighter from the UK. I get it. You had Connor. Compa- Connor, Patty, compared to BizBing, BizBing seems extremely humble. But BizBing was a talker as well. But Connor took the trash talk to the next level. And now Patty's arrogance is not trash talk, really. I actually watched his interviews leading up to after the fight with Brett Akamoto. I forget who else it was. He's an arrogant sumbitch. Now there's confident, there's cocky, and there's absolute arrogance. He believes that he's a superstar. He doesn't know when he became a superstar. This is according to ESPN, the interview that I saw. in other words that he was a superstar as soon as he entered the sport does he have the skills to match not yet not yet his head is high the grapplers he's facing are not elite lightweights but in terms of being a draw he's got people watching I mean when he walked out the heads will roll, the place was like a nightclub, like a fucking nightclub, as he'd like to say. But what rubs me the wrong way is that he can't see it in any other perspective that he might have lost the fight. Instead of humbly Taking the victory. Keeping the hype train going. The gravy train, baby. Moving the chains. He is arrogant like a prick. He immediately throws shade towards Hawani. The first thing he says is like, Oh, hell of a fight. Thank you, everybody. I love everybody. Maybe a, a, a message, a positive message. As he did in his previous fight? No. He's He stumbles. He stumbles. And not a good look. Did he lose buzz? Did he lose hype? No. No, he didn't. He got the win. And that's all that matters. Is that Sean, excuse me, Patty Pimlet. Stays in the wind column and keeps the gravy train rolling. What's next for Patty, and what I want, is for Patty to face and fight Matt Steamroller for Vola. No doubt about it. No doubt about that. And Matt's a fan of Patty. Very respectful of Patty. Appreciates Patty leading up to the fight. Wants that fight. Bad. I'm sure not only for exposure, but it would be a hell of a fight. And Matt's got a hell of a background in terms of martial arts. Yeah, he's a banger. But the dude is a terror on the mats. Is Patty dodging Matt? Maybe. Because if Matt hits Patty with the same shots that Jared Gordon did, it's lights out Patty. Patty the Saddie, it would be. Patty the Saddie. So, if you've been paying attention to Matt Forvola on social media. Steamroll up! If you've been paying attention. In the lead up to the fight. Patty versus Jarrett. UFC Embedded Captured is also on Matt's social media. In the P.I., Matt approached Patty. Patty the baddie, or what is it? Uh, something. Patty the baddie. I don't even know. Steamroll, look. That's all I know. That's all I care about. Matt was filming Patty. Found him. Seeked him out. Got his interaction. I mean, pure Respect. Matt is a disciplined guy, a principled guy, an amazing-hearted fellow. Pure respect from a martial artist's perspective. Matt obviously would love to compete against Patty, share the cage with him, and has only shown respect. I don't know how many times i got to say it. Matt has shown immense amount of respect to Patty. But, the switch flipped following Patty's not his performance, following his post-fight interview, which was not paid for, with Joe Rogan. Matt tweeted something along the lines of, let me humble this guy. And I couldn't agree fucking more. I respect Patty. I love what he's doing. I appreciate his energy. But the dude is absolutely arrogant and needs to be humble. And I would love nothing more than for Matt, Steamroller, Vola to get that fight. Woo! That would be excellent. Matt's willing to go to freaking the UK last March, this March. This past July. Make the fight happen. Make the fight happen. Mick Maynard, Sean Shelby, Hunter freaking Campbell. Make the fight happen. Let's go. Matt is willing to go. If you cannot, then do the fight in Madison Square Garden in one year's time. Come on, people. Everything is trending for these two in that direction. Now, Patty respects the New York-based fighter. You could hear him respect Jared in the lead-up. The post-fight press conference, he talked about how tough Jared is. The adversity is overcome. He respects him. But skill and opponent-wise, in all respect to Jared, my boy. I believe Mr. Frivola is a step up. And he's hot right now. Maybe Patty's afraid to fight, Matt. Understandably so. Matt is coming to his own. He's extremely confident. Like I said, extremely well-rounded and skilled. It's a dangerous fight for Patty. I can understand if he doesn't want it right now. He needs to tuck his chin because he's walking around like a, like a freaking ostrich. Moving on into the rest of the card, Ilya Teporia. Patty had a tough week. He was going after Ilya Teporia, a guy that he didn't, he wasn't facing. I understand there was beef in a hotel lobby. Months ago. I understand Patty and Ariel Hawani are having some friction. Also, Patty had a tough opponent lined up in front of him. Big stage, the biggest fight of his career in terms of platform. A co main event on the last pay per view event of the year. I get it. There's pressure. There's pressure. You talk about you want to be a main event in your hometown. Your hometown stadium. You talk about being a champion, being the biggest star in the entire mixed martial arts world. Big dogs take big bites and can swallow their food and shit it out. I don't want to hear that Patty bit off too much. What I do want to hear more about is Ilya Taporia's story. Why this guy is so well rounded, so skilled, a danger to every single UFC featherweight. Man, oh man. He's now taken out two jiu jitsu specialists. Can we get him versus a banger? What do we got? We got Josh Emmett, Yair Rodriguez, Brian Ortega's nursing. His shoulder injury. Oh, man. Can we get Calvin Cater versus Ilya Taporia? Woo! Can we get a heavy-handed Taporia versus Slick Boxer in Calvin Cater? Sign me up for that. Sign me up for that. For Bryce Mitchell, good dude. hard worker speaks well sounds well great energy just wasn't his night could not keep taporia down like damian maya if he keeps his opponent down it's good night irene chokes them out like a boa constrictor but taporia is showing us that he is potentially something really special Bryce has got to get back to the drawing board. He's still going to float around number 11, 12 in the division. He's going to have another big fight lined up for him next. Expect to see him late spring, maybe this summer. Needs to take time. He started to land a little, but Taporia was just a few levels up in the striking department. He's a big fight. He's a big fight kind of guy. The Georgian. And he's got fire in him. He's got fire. He is not scared of Patty. He's not scared of the big stage. And look at the opponents he's fighting. He's fighting very dangerous opponents already. And I believe he's still undefeated. Championship trajectory. I mean maybe it's going to be a difficult trajectory that featherweight division the top 10 of the division is tough is tough that the poor is in the thick of it excited to see what's next for the georgian Open that Bryce Mitchell gets back to the drawing board and can paint a beautiful picture by the next time we see him in the cage. Finally, my boy. Action man. Action Curtis. We love you, love you, love you. Action Chris Curtis. Let's go! Let's go! My dude. My favorite active UFC fighter. Let's go. Chris Curtis. Fan favorite. If you're with a woman, it's only because Chris Curtis has not met her yet. The dude is a stud. A killer. A skillful master assassin. Much respect for him. A grinder. A dude who put all his chips in the middle. And is cashing in finally. I think the UFC is trying to figure out exactly what they have in him. And I think it's something special. Chris Axeman Curtis gets my performance of the night. Just dangerous opponent. Dominated him with a well-timed counter-strike. Just a brutal left hand. Gorgeous boxing. Nick Diaz with bigger pop. Love his style. Confident. Smooth. Get him in a five-round fight. Need to see him over five rounds. This style, I think he could just break anybody down over five rounds. Very excited for what's next with Action Man Curtis. And guys, I hope you're excited for what's next for Ike Feldman and the At Icagon platform. Always pumping out content, high-level content. I've gone toe to toe, nose to nose, head to head with the sports elite in terms of mixed martial arts media. That does not get me going that much anymore. I was a young man when that used to happen now. I have a son, homeowner, working hard, training hard. I have my sights set on bigger goals and I appreciate you guys for joining me in this journey. I hope you enjoy the journey and I hope you're enjoying the content. Again, get involved in the program. 646 820 98.48. I want to hear your thoughts on all things combat sports and life. All right? Your boy's out. I'm almost at the gym. Au revoir. Adios. Talk to you later. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe.